Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Oh, well, hey, Amanda, how are you doing tonight? I told you I wasn't going to jump in. We just did but, this. But that's okay. I asked you a question. I was all prepared to be quiet and contemplative and waiting for your words of wisdom at the beginning, and then you just jumped. Okay. I guess that's what we're doing now. I am all right. I'm doing well. I got a bowl of Alfredo. Talking hey. to my friend. I'm in my house loungewear. It's all right. Life is life is good. House loungewear. Your moo moo. Technically, it's a beach cover up. <laughs> I love you. This is awesome. We're getting That's into good. semantics, but it's comfortable. So That's good. Hey, I am also in comfortable ish clothing. T-shirt and jeans, which is literally like all I wear outside of my uniform. Anyway, well, we have been talking for a good long while, as is our custom. I love that phrase. I feel like we need to bring back, bringing back the phrase, as was their custom. So that's just a great, just a I like great it. Phrase. I'm for it. They met together, as was their custom. Anyway, uh, we have decided, since this is the season of Lent, and mostly because I preached on it today, because we're recording on a Sunday night again, which is awesome. We're going to talk about who is Jesus. Seeing as we've devoted our whole lives to that question, you know, <laughs> vocations and things, yeah. seems relevant. Put, put a <laughs> lot of lot of emphasis on the who is Jesus thing. Uh, but I also think there's the Sunday school answer of who is Jesus, right? Uh, and I'm going to read a little bit into Matthew chapter 16, where Peter answers that question. but. I think it's a worthwhile question to not just say, oh, well, Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God, right? Which is mm -hmm. Peter's confession in Matthew chapter 16 and, and a perfectly fine, wonderful response, right? But there's so much more in depth of stuff that is in that loaded question mm -hmm. of who is Jesus. So anyway, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 16, Go for it. Uh, starting at verse 13, and this is what it says. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ the son of the living God. Jesus responds, does blessed are you Simon, the son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I'm going to stop there. The rest of it, um, super important to the whole of scripture, but maybe not to the question that we're talking about tonight, but who is Jesus? And it's interesting that Jesus frames the first question, not as a, who am I? Who do you say I am? But who do people say the son of man is. Mm -hmm. So why do you think I'm putting you on spot because oh, okay. I can do that. Uh, why do you think Jesus framed that first question in those terms? Um, well, I think it goes a lot to Jesus's style and the teaching style of the day where you want people to answer their own question, right? Mm-hmm. And so the question, all of these men, so these men, as I imagine, 
have like you know we said about like given up everything they're following this guy around the desert they've seen some miracles they're really not sure how to make of it um i'm sure there's even been some talk is this because because jesus was not the first person to claim messiah true that actually like was a thing as you can imagine that would have happened right a lot of people would have been i mean you remember when this whole princess anastasia thing came out and there was all those girls that were like i am the princess anastasia right okay maybe bad bad analogy but yeah um so that was happening so they're like are we how do we know that we know that this is this is the guy right right yeah so i i imagine i'm adding subplots in there that aren't written down so you know take that for a grain of salt but i'm imagining as they're going through they're they're kind of at least thinking those things if not discussing among themselves right um and so jesus said hey just wondering who are people saying that the son of man will will be or who the son of man is who the, yeah. who the messiah is what, what do they think oh well some people think it's john the baptist right because john the baptist had his own following some of the disciples were among them. Other people are saying Elijah will come back. Others, one of the prophets, you know. Um, but then he asks, okay, what do you think? Who do you say that? Who do you say that I am? Well, right, we're answering the question. Mm-hmm. For the Messiah. So Peter is like, I got no doubts. You're my guy. Mm-hmm. At least at this point. Which Peter was kind of an all or nothing kind of guy. So, you know. True. I feel like he could love butter toast in the morning and then decide he hated it at night. I don't know. Next morning he liked it again. But at least at the beginning. He was just kind of a, he's a man of passion. Just followed his passion. But that's, that's a long answer to your short question. But that's what I think why Jesus frames it that way. Okay. Is he speaking to the question they're not necessarily asking him directly. Yeah. Yeah. I think to this idea of the son of man as a title of sorts of the Messiah, you also have the son of David being a title for the Mm -hmm. Messiah. Uh, Both speak to kind of his status uh, in relationship to humanity, in relation, you know, as far as Son of David goes, his relationship to the Davidic covenant um, and how he fulfills that line of David. That's why the genealogies, friends, are even in the scriptures to to show that Jesus does in fact come from the line of David, which is where that Second Samuel seven, I think it's Second Samuel seven. Uh, where God gives David this covenant that says, I will put and you know this this in your line, this everlasting throne. You will uh, you know the son of David will rise up in that whole Messiah uh prophecy. And so son of David makes some sense. Son of man is just another uh phrase that Jesus use oft uses often of himself. In fact, if we go back to Matthew chapter 8, verse 20. It says this, so there's a man who comes and says, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus responds, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. So even Jesus refers to himself as the son of man. Right. Which comes from Daniel 7. 
So, is that Daniel 7? It is Daniel 7. Awesome. Yes, I Daniel, like I have to go there. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Okay, I will. <laughs> it all, it was all about yeah. the sevens? Uh, yeah, Daniel 7, 13 through 14. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming from the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Nice. So we see those pictures of... Uh, authority of nations of glory of power you know um that messiahship that, that you know mm -hmm. that they were um you know leaning on a lot same thing with that that divinic reign right a, a reign that will never um never end seated on the throne forever that yeah 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 and that comes from second samuel 7 where god says uh to david through the prophet nathan because David, right back in uh, 2 Samuel 7, wants to build God a temple. He says, look, I live in a palace made of cedar. Why is God living in a tent? And mm -hmm. Nathan comes to him and says, this is what the Lord tells you. It says to you, it says, I have been with you. Um, verse 9, I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make, I will make your name great like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I'll provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer disturbed. And then we skip ahead a little bit further. Uh, verse 11, the Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I'll raise up your offspring to succeed you who will come from your own body and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one for whom who will build a house for my name and I will establish a throne of his kingdom forever i will be his father and he will be my son uh so this whole concept of the messiah doesn't start in the new testament right it's not like jesus is coming on the scene as a brand new thought or a brand new concept this is steeped heartily in jewish tradition and thought and one of the things that i i think we as 21st century christians have a hard time sometimes wrapping our head around is that there are a couple thousand years of history that God is interacting with his chosen people mm. before Jesus comes on the scene, right? And you have you have the patriarchs and the judges and then the kings and then the split kingdom and Assyria comes and conquers the northern kingdom and the Babylonians come and conquer the southern kingdom and carry off exiles and then the Persians kill carry off the or kill the Babylonians, whatever they take over the Babylonians. And then the Persians are like, hey Jews, you can go back to your place now. And they're like, awesome, that's fantastic. They build a second temple. And then there's this whole movement about 400, 500 years before Jesus comes on the scene where the people are like, look, we've got to figure out a way to not get exiled again. <laughs> and so that's where you have this brewing of religious legalism that comes on the scene, which is where we get Pharisees and Sadducees. <laughs> And where we, we have this concept of the Messiah who's going to come and he's going to bring back the glory days of King David. He's going to bring back the, the glory days of this empire, this kingdom that had power, military power and might and was wealthy and respected and feared in the nations. 
And Jesus comes on the scene and they're like, dude, you're not what we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not how it's supposed to be. See, we have this whole thing that we set up so that we don't get exiled again because we need power again and we need military might again. And Jesus is like, look, y'all missed, you missed the, you missed the rest of the Messiah prophecies that talk about the suffering servant, Isaiah 55, right? This concept that I'm going to come and, and remove the sin as the sacrificial lamb. And the sacrificial lamb can't be the sacrificial lamb if he's fighting wars as a military power. Mm-hmm. And so who is Jesus? Well, yeah, he's the son of man. He's the son of David. He's the son of God. He's Messiah. He's also the sacrificial lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, yeah, we're, we're coming up into this, um, time of this Easter time, this preparation time of Lent, which we talked about last week or last episode, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but it's a, it is a heavy, heavy thing. So, um, Jenny, you know this, but I've been recently talking with a person, with a friend who was a little bit like, you know, why do we need to care about the old Testament? Ooh. Yeah. Um, it's like Jesus, like came he fulfilled it he did away with it like you can just focus on what he did and you know what why do you need the rest of that stuff you know yeah um which i was a little offended because you know i love that stuff (laughs) the old testament is my jam um but in the one hand you don't you don't need it you don't need it to be able to be saved, right? You don't need it to be able to accept Jesus died for my sins. Um, yeah, Jesus died for my sins. I can, I can go to heaven. Yeah. Okay. You don't need the old Testament for that. But okay. I, I mean, on one hand, I'm saying in just a very superficial way, like okay. knowing, okay. knowing the old Testament will not really, or knowing the new Testament either, but Knowing the Bible in general isn't going to be your way to heaven. Right. It is accepting the gift that Jesus gave. But I don't think you can fully feel it without knowing the context. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, do you remember where we came in through COVID and everyone lost their taste of smell? (laughs) Their taste? They lost their, ta- yeah. their taste of smell. Yeah, absolutely. But they lost their ability to to taste, which is connected to your smelling, right? Yeah. And so, which to me was the worst part because I love food. <laughs> right. right. So I'm still eating. I'm still being nourished by it. But I'm, it, I, I've lost so much because I, I can't really enjoy it because I don't have that taste. I feel like if you don't study the why of Jesus, it's it's like eating a donut without any taste buds. It's like what you know, like okay, like I'm eating it, but like, right? Where's that sweet, sweet sugar glaze? You know what I mean? You following me? Okay, I am. I am. <laughs> Bad analogies with Amanda Hope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're laying down. That's sticky. Anyway. <laughs> But, but this, this sacrificial lamb system, right? Yeah. I mean, and you even think David, right? David, 
there was a son of David in all the Old Testament who died on behalf of his father's sin. Right? In scripture, of son of David, with Beth, his first son with Bathsheba, dies as consequence, an innocent, dies as, as consequence of his father's sins. Right? What? Okay, then you have Moses, right? Okay, so yeah, okay, I'm gonna nerd out. So then you have, um, look at Moses and, I mean, not Moses, well, well, no, I'm gonna start with, um, Abraham, who takes his only son, brings him on top of Mount Moriah, you know, the mount where like the temple ended up, okay? So they're on this mountain, he's going to sacrifice his one and only son out of love for God. And God steps in and says, spare him, right? But he's not going to spare this son because he is the son. They're one taking on that, right. that sin and that pain and the whole sacrificial system. It's like, if you don't, if you, if like, do you get it? <laughs> you know, it gets really heavy. It does. That God so loved the world. That he sent his son himself and his son, right? They're three in one. Yeah, the whole thing. Anyway, we won't get into that today. To say no more with killing a, a ram or no more with the blood or no more with the thing. I'm going to take it all on me because I just want to be with you. Today in our in our congregation, we're, we're, also go, we're going through the Gospels. We had water into wine today, like the, the, the wedding at Cana. And, and even that, so we take the water that is meant for purifying our outsides, right? That was the, the ceremonial washing. Jesus turns it into wine. Yes, to bless the, the party, but also he does that later, right? When he, when he orchestrates the, the, his own, the last supper, he says, drink this in memory of me, drink this to cleanse the inside of you which is my blood which will be shed pretty soon and they didn't get it but if you don't if you don't know right who jesus is matters right and the same person that i was talking to is also like well i believe that i i i believe in jesus i believe in christianity but I also know a lot of the world doesn't. And so who am I to say that they're wrong? And I said, I understand. I understand where your train of thought is, but I do disagree. And I had, and I said, for me, following Jesus hasn't always been very easy. I'd love to case Sarah, Sarah, this whole thing, you know, let you do what you're doing over there. Let me do what I'm doing over here. Whatever, right? Yeah. But I cannot in good conscience call myself a Christian if I do not believe that Christ is the only way. Because Christ was either crazy or a con man. Or he was telling the truth. Yeah. And I have bet everything in my by the whole trajectory of the majority of my adult life has been banking that he was telling the truth 
And there are people in the world, there are systems in the world, there are um that that have used the who is Jesus for really messed up stuff. Yeah. And I I don't pretend that the church has a spotless history. Yeah. I would just I mean I've I've read a book, okay? Like I know that's not true. <laughs> I've also met Christians, people who say they're Christians that have a really weird and messed up view of who Jesus is. And because of it, they treat people like trash. Yeah. So I, I think why it it matters so much that you know who Jesus is. Amen. Because I, I, I would be a hypocrite to say anything other than Jesus Christ, born of the Virgin Mary, um, sacrificed, you know, for our sins on Easter, put in the grave, risen again on the third day. Yeah. Fully God, fully man. If I if I if I say I'd believe anything other than that, what is the point of any what is the point of what I'm doing or talking or even what's the point of this conversation now? Hopefully you friends listening could hear my train of thought, but you know. <laughs> Hope so. I it, it is interesting. The world has commandeered Jesus for its own purposes. Sure. Right? You have Republican Jesus and Democrat <laughs> Jesus and free love Jesus and judgmental Jesus. And Jesus only loves these people, Jesus. And Jesus doesn't matter who you are, he loves you no matter what, Jesus. And well, there's bits and pieces that are there. I think if we neglect, we cannot form Jesus into our image or into the image we want Jesus to be. He's not right. boxable. We can, yeah. We can't put him in our little box and say, but this is who the Jesus that I believe is, because then he's not Jesus. That he is your little, your little God that you carved in wood and put on your little altar. And we don't do those things, so it doesn't look like we're doing those things, but we do it in mm -hmm. our heads. Sure, yeah. Like I, I've i put boundaries around what I think Jesus can do or will do or is doing. Um, Spurgeon once wrote, I, I found this quote to, today, and I think it's just awesome. So uh, when Jesus tells Peter, he says, look, flesh and blood have this, this blah, I'm going bouncing between new international version and King James, but flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Okay. So Jesus tells Peter, look, God, my father, God has told you this truth that I am Jesus, the Messiah. Okay. But then Spurgeon, smart guy, by the way, I don't know if you're familiar with Spurgeon, super smart guy. Uh, he wrote this. He says, this also speaks to our need for a supernatural revelation of Jesus. This is what he says. If you know no more of Jesus than what the flesh and blood has revealed to you, it has brought you no more blessing than the conjectures of their age brought to the Pharisees and Sadducees who remained an adulterous and unbelieving generation. What that means is if you only understand Jesus in the flesh and blood of how you've shaped and molded him, mm -hmm. then you're just like the Pharisees and Sadducees who have put boundaries and boxes around God and his word so that they can do their prescribed religious stuff exactly how they're supposed to, but they are an adulterous and unbelieving generation because they don't get it. God does not live in a box. 
And so this question of who Jesus is, I Googled it. Don't Google it, friends. I discourage, <laughs> highly discourage Googling who is Jesus because you'll find some crazy stuff on the interwebs. But I also uh-huh. looked, I have, a, I have an app that I use. It's called Everrand. It used to be called Scribed or Scribd. It is a book thing. And I'll tell you, I Googled or didn't Google. I, I got on that Everrand app and I looked up books about who is Jesus. And there were like 20 books that have that title, just that who is Jesus. And so I started just looking like, like at table of contents and, you know, like just because I didn't have time to read 20 books. Right. So I just started kind of scanning some highlights and there is some wild and crazy stuff out there. There's some good stuff too, friends. I'm not saying that everything out there is crazy, but if we, if we don't reconcile this question in our heart Mm. and I'm saying not in even a flesh and blood way, right. But in a super, like let the Holy spirit speak to our hearts about the real Jesus, the son of man, the son of David, the son of God, Messiah, the anointed one, savior, sacrificial lamb, fill in the blank for the numerous things that wondrous counselor, the I, I think we we sang this morning, uh, Jesus name above all names. I don't know if you're familiar with that mm-hmm. song. Yeah. And all the names. Oh, Redeemer. Exactly. Yeah. All of these names that Jesus carries, because honestly, he's so big. Like grandiose in his being. He's 100% man, 100% God, which is just crazy because you can't have a 200% man, but yet he somehow manages that feat. <laughs> he was hungry and he was thirsty and he had to sleep and he was swaddled as a baby and he had, had to have diapers changed, right? Mm-hmm. And yet he also can save the world from their sins. Mm-hmm. This lawlessness that we commit against God. Mm-hmm. And we just cannot put him in a box and say, well, but this is how I see Jesus. This is my Jesus. Right. And how arrogant to begin with. Because if, yeah, when you <laughs> when you do that, and, and sometimes we can do that subconsciously. And, it, it, and, and so if, you know, I know we're ragging on a little bit, but it is super duper easy to slip into that. I've slipped into that. Yeah. I've been I've been confronted with a person who did Christianity or, or had even a different thought on things that didn't actually matter, but different than me. And I'm like, oh well, what what do they know? Like, well, you know. And I had to say, oh no. Okay. Um. Like uh, I tend to be more heady, and my husband tends to be more um. You know like into music and nature and contemplation and so when he seeks god he goes in a prayer closet for like a bunch of hours or a walk with the dogs or singing some songs or whatever and i tend to like have a lot of nerd books in front of me and being like what's this what's this almost yeah just like oh 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 making all the like things and be like oh did you know blah 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 like and he's like you just look like you're doing homework but i'm like it's great um and I used to be really judgy of his ways because um, he, my husband just trusts 
that God is. And he trusts what Jesus said he was. And that is fully good enough for him. Yeah. And I swear, it can't possibly be. Because you need to know all the, the why, right? You need to know all the things. But it really is. And you've met Brian, so you, like, you can attest that. He just is. Absolutely. He's just content with it. Yeah. Um, And sometimes he gets a little judgy of me. Yeah. Like, why can't you just leave it alone? Like, and just... Trust that it is. Well, um, and neither one are bad or wrong. Right. God is in 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 nature. Like, I don't want to say God is in nature. God is, because that could take a different thing. But God, you know, God can be made um, evident by looking at creation. He can be made evident through, um, you know, listening, observing music through right. long contemplation so you also can be through a bunch of nerd books <laughs> um and i think it's i think that's the kind of limiting yeah i you get know? you yeah that is that is unhelpful i right. think it's a great thing to talk you know study other denominations and they're we talked about this right why why do they do the things they do let's find that out before we get all judgy about it right and sometimes stuff should be judged. Sometimes stuff is just weird and wackadoodle and you should know enough scripture to know that this is weird and not something I think we should be doing. Right. So I'm going Which to is go. why it's very important to read the Old Testament in addition, yes. in addition to the New Testament. Um, yes. the, you know, I, I, I go back to uh, when they're training, for example, those in the Treasury Department. Uh, to identify counterfeit money they spend a great deal 95 percent of their time don't quote me on this friends but uh, for the percentages but but a great deal of their time not in studying all of the counterfeiting techniques not in studying all of the ways to identify counterfeit specific counterfeit bills but rather on the real thing because if you know the real thing intimately and well, then a fake will be very obvious to you. And so if we know the real, authentic Jesus, and we've been able to answer that question for ourselves, who is Jesus? The real, authentic, not counterfeit, 100% human, 100% God, Savior, sacrificial lamb, son of David, son of man, savior mm. of the world. Then the counterfeit Jesuses that we see in the world, propagated by people, will just be so obviously fake mm-hmm. that we'll know who Jesus really is. Yeah, I I agree, and and I think I think we're gonna see more of them. Keep popping up this this God in my own image. Won't be called that, but Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Who definitely... he... Go ahead. I was gonna say who does who Jesus said he was matters. <laughs> Correct. Correct. I feel like we can trust that, you know. <laughs> and it's one of those things that especially if we call ourselves Christian, but honestly, even if we don't. So if you're listening to this and you're like, dude, I am staunchly atheist. First of all, thank you for listening. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to have a conversation. But secondly, as an atheist, as a Buddhist, as a Muslim, as a whoever, you've also got to come to terms with the who is Jesus question. Yeah, And you might come to a different conclusion and that's, that's fine. You, you can come on to whatever conclusion you want. But I know for me, he is my savior. He's my Lord. He's, he's my everything. Mm-hmm. And he's so much more than words can even like express rightly. Well, you just heard like 20 minutes of me trying. So exactly. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we both come from atheist backgrounds. We both come yeah. from a place where we had to come to terms with that question. I distinctly remember having to come to terms with that yeah. question in a hall closet in a church in Rockford, Illinois, and having mm-hmm. to say, I guess you got me because you are who you say you are. I, and all the nerdy book learning stuff has just solidified that foundational belief mm-hmm. that I came to. Not again, I, I, I feel like Jesus could be talking to me about that supernatural revelation from the father. Cause I'll tell you that my brain was adamantly against this whole Jesus as Messiah thing, Jesus mm. as savior thing. It was like, Hey, wait a second. This is load of crap in the Bible. And yet I couldn't negate the supernatural aspect of God mm. working in my life. Yeah. Oh, so good. that's why I just remember. Yeah. We're friends. I was, like I said, I was on a curb outside a place called the hard times cafe. And I did not want to become a Christian that day. I did not want to. I did not set out to do it. I didn't want to do it. And I just had to be like, I just have no argument against it. When I actually look at it, who is Jesus? Yeah. Well, actually, the question posed to me was, where does morality come from? But Jesus is one who is not only just a teacher, He was like our tutor, Jenny. Yeah. Right. He came down and didn't just command it, showed it, lived it. Yeah. And then even took the test for us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he's continuing to be with us even now. Yeah. In like crazy way. Like when you when you just stop to think about the goodness of god yeah and we live in a crazy world and i'm not saying good stuff happens all the time <laughs> yeah because it doesn't no but god is good yes and jesus is sufficient like really Right. And just like my husband, he he just accepts it and he is so at peace. Which is awesome. It is. I'm a little more neurotic, but we know that. Oh. It's all good. Wow. Deep thoughts. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. If we dabbled into heresy at any point, just let us know. 
<laughs> We're not I think whenever to. you talk, we promise. Whenever we talk, you know, whenever you get a group, of, you know, just talking about these things, and you run, you run the risk of a little heresy. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, there's always some mystery, right? If our yeah. six pound little six pound brains could fully understand God, then He probably wouldn't be God, mm -hmm. right? And so there's always going to be some things that we just can't know. And I'm that actually is more encouraging to me than it probably should be. Right? Because again, if I knew all of it, first of all, I think I'd be freaked out. But secondly, <laughs> secondly, I'd be like, well, wait a second, then it, then it can't be supernatural. It can't be God. Because if I can understand it all, <laughs> clearly not God, because I am not, you know, God's gift to intelligence by any stretch. But wow. So who is Jesus, friends? Any any other final thoughts? I feel like you've, you've culminated really well there. But I feel if I keep talking, I'm just going to, I don't know where I'm going to go. You're going to ramble into some <laughs> some weird stuff. Some ditches, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Be not so good. Well, friends, seriously, though, ask yourself, who is Jesus? <laughs> and how you answer that question. And honestly, how you answer that question if it's honest hmm. and reality in your life. Because how we live that question out is important. Because hmm. you can say a whole lot of words, and they mean jack squat diddly, if you don't live it in the way that you've answered that question. Because I think you live your life differently if Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior, the Chosen One, the Anointed, the sacrificial lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world mm. and the resurrected Lord who will come in his glory and power in his kingdom and judge the living and the dead. I think you live your life differently. Mm. If you believe that. Good final word, Jenny. <laughs> well, thanks. All right, friends, if you have any questions, comments, feel free to drop us a line. Other than that, Thank Amanda, thank you for this conversation. This yeah. has blessed me in ways that you don't even know. So I can see I see a little sparkle. A little sparkle in the corner. A little sparkle. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, friend, as I as I always do, because I think it's an important phrase. But God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. That's right. He does that. It's awesome. Alright, friends. We'll catch you guys next time.